Hello, and welcome to Behind the Headlines, the new podcast series from The Independent. I'm David Marley, and in each episode, we'll be digging deeper into the stories that matter, speaking to our correspondents and other experts to help us better understand what is happening around us. Coronavirus, of course, will be high on the agenda, but we will also be covering lots of other topics too, with politics, culture, sport and more all up for discussion. If there are stories you want us to talk about, please do get in touch. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by our health correspondent, Sean Linton. At the end of last year, in a fantastic piece of reporting, Sean uncovered the biggest maternity care scandal in the history of the NHS, with more than 40 babies and three mothers having died on the wards of Shrewsbury and Telford Hospital Trust. An official inquiry is now investigating a staggering 1,500 cases. And yet, despite the intense focus on what has gone wrong, far from things improving, they are actually getting worse. A leaked letter that Sean has reported on today shows that the Chief Inspector of Hospitals has written to NHS bosses demanding urgent action to stop unnecessary and avoidable harm to patients in maternity and other departments. Sean, thank you for being with us. Uh, Today's story is the latest uh, expose of the failings at this one hospital trust. Can you tell us a bit about what new information you found out? Uh, Yeah, thanks, David. Well, I think the first thing to say is it's very rare to see this kind of communication between um, the watchdog, the official regulator, the Care Quality Commission, and NHS England. Often the CQC puts its findings into public reports and they get published and the NHS deals with those and responds. But what we've got here is a letter from the Chief Inspector to NHS England effectively saying that uh, he's running out of ideas uh, in how to deal with the problems at Shrewsbury. And not only that, but that there are institutional system-wide failings at the Trust with uh, problems extending far beyond maternity to general medical care and fundamental nursing care and uh, lots of worrying issues around the Trust culture and the way that staff are in effect responding to uh, poor care. In, in, in some cases, the letter actually refers to the fact that staff uh, and senior nurses are not challenging and recognising poor care. So very, very striking language, very, very severe tone being taken by the chief inspector. And the point of this letter was to effectively say to NHS England that we need to take some action because we have done you know, multiple inspections the trust faces 90 odd different conditions on its license uh, and things aren't getting better. In fact, they're getting worse. And an interesting point in the letter, he refers to, if you like, the nuclear option for the regulator, which is to recommend to the Secretary of State that the trust be placed into special administration, which is a an extremely rare thing to be done. And in fact, has only been done once before for safety issues, which was at uh, the Mid-Staffordshire hospital trust at Stafford where hundreds of people suffered avoidable harm and neglect and I think to to write about a hospital in those terms um, is quite a worry and it does show how serious I think the CQC views things at Shrewsbury and the context of course is that this has been going on for for years I mean I've been writing personally about Shrewsbury Hospital now for uh, over five years and the Initial concerns started well back into 2009. And so we, we've definitely got a sort of system failure here, the NHS unable to actually take action. Um, and that's got to obviously be a worry for the half a million people that this hospital serves um, who don't really have a choice in which hospital they get to go to. 
So, as you say, this has been going on for a long time. The maternity scandal really kind of came to the fore last year. They've been in special measures, which is a the kind of the lowest rating from hospital inspectors since 2018. Why mm. is it taking so long to improve the situation? And as you say, the hospitals care for half a million uh, people. So why is it taking so long to improve care for those people? It's an excellent question, and it's one, to be honest, that the NHS has been grappling with ever since the Mid-Staffordshire scandal. Uh, the issue of system failure and patient safety uh, failures in the NHS has uh, been high on the agenda for years, and the former Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, made this a real uh, issue during his tenure at, um, at the, in the government. And I think we just don't really understand properly, I don't think, how organisational cultures can decline to the degree that they did at Mid-Staffordshire, but also at Shrewsbury. And um, the the NHS just struggles to turn these things around. So Shrewsbury has seen multiple reports now identifying issues uh, at that trust. I can point to you know reports that go back well into the sort of 2015 and earlier, uh, coroner's inquests, etc. So the warning signals are there. Um, the the difficulty is how you actually turn around an organisation of several thousand staff when, uh, if you like, the poor culture has become uh, ingrained. And in fact, in this letter, the chief inspector says that uh, the, this culture is becoming normalised. And, you know, a lot of focus gets uh, put on chief executives and the board of hospitals, and they often carry the can, and, and rightly so. Um, but as anyone who works in the NHS and any patient knows, what goes on on the wards is more often than not the responsibility of the staff on those wards and their immediate sort of middle managers and and above. And I think what we're seeing at Shrewsbury is a culture that extends across all wards into different departments. And it's down to a a sort of not quite maybe an individual level, but it's endemic uh, in the staff there. And the chief inspector actually talks about his fear of training of staff, staff who have just started in their careers being trained at Shrewsbury, who he is worried that they will never really appreciate what good looks like because they're training at Shrewsbury. So it is all very dire and very bleak. And I think to turn such a thing around takes a huge amount of time. It also takes a huge amount of money as well. Um, Shrewsbury, is, like many hospitals, has struggled with uh, A&E pressures and demands. Uh, it's faced a big reconfiguration battle locally. Um, and you know a huge deficit in terms of its budget this stuff can't just be sort of flick a switch and improve it and I think what we will see from the NHS is instead of coming in and sort of getting rid of the chief executive and installing another chief executive I think what we're more likely to see is people drafted in from elsewhere in the NHS where care is considered to be good or outstanding they will be if you like grafted on to the hospital to try and hope that their their different approach takes and that they can kind of seed a better culture. But this will not happen overnight. And I suspect we're going to also have to see quite a lot of investment in the trust, um, although there has already been some. And I think if I was sitting in NHS England, I'd be quite depressed to see that a lot of those efforts have, have effectively come to nothing. You, you mentioned at the beginning about this uh, move, the kind of the, the, the kind of nuclear option of taking it into special administration, essentially taking it out of the hands of the local hospital trust and getting someone else in to run it. Given that the things have been going on for so long, is that such a controversial thing, controversial step to take? 
Well, I think what the CQC's letter is effectively doing is it's a warning signal to NHS England to say, if we don't do something now, this has to be the next option. The CQC has uh, effectively admits in this letter that it's run out of uh, ideas and tools um, and it has a responsibility under the law to protect patients. So uh, if we get to that stage, it will press that button. Um my sense from talking to people both uh, at CQC and NHS England, neither side wants to actually do that. The last time it was done, as I've said, at, at the Mid-Staffordshire Trust was was largely seen as a very costly, very expensive, damaging process. It, it, it didn't really deliver what people wanted it to, certainly not at a cost-effective measure. And um, so what special administration involves is effectively bringing in outsiders to run the hospital and in the case of mid staffs it was uh, a sort of group of consultants management consultants mckinsey etc which uh, may not be particularly welcomed by the public at shrewsbury um, and they will come in and effectively run the hospital and make systemic changes to how the hospital is run so it can be seen as a way to perhaps overcome some of the intractable problems that some hospitals can face and there's certainly some of that at Shrewsbury around plans to reconfigure uh, services there. Um, but I think in the longer term, that that, that just is a, it very much is a, a sort of option of last resort. Nobody wants to use that. Um, but I think ultimately, if nothing is done and nothing improves, I think the CQC's mention of it in this letter was very much a shot across the bow for both the Trust and NHS England to say, we will do this if we have to. Can you give us um, some examples of the kinds of poor care that are, that are being experienced by patients? What kinds of issues um, are they are they are they facing? Well, so some of the the things that we've seen um, in this letter are mentions, for example, of um, failures in in sort of general poor care of medical patients, and in, worryingly reference to uh, fundamental um, care. So this would be very basic sort of uh, nursing care of patients, feeding, uh, drinking, toileting, that kind of thing, which, again, you know, is quite concerning to see. There's also been concerns around pressure sores um, where patients are not being sort of moved in their beds to avoid them getting injured in their on their skin. Uh, and the CQC says this has been repeatedly highlighted to the trust, but there remains no robust action uh, to improve on that. Um, other aspects of, of care include the looking after people who have mental health problems or um, uh, dementia, those kinds of issues. And one thing that really struck me in the letter was a reference to the failure to look after patients who were at risk of falling. Um, and the reason that caught my eye was because uh, I wrote about in 2017, the Shrewsbury Trust was actually prosecuted by the health and safety executive after five patients uh, fell and died, um, as a and they died as a result of their injuries in the fall. And what the health and safety executive found was that the trust had systemic failures in not recognising the risk. So uh, there was a clear warning to the trust three, four years ago. Um, and yet here we are, the same thing still being highlighted by the CQC. And, and that's got to be a, uh, a real concern. And uh, Professor Baker in this letter makes it clear that the failure to learn uh, actually is a is a persistent problem. We've seen that um, previously at the Trust, as I've said, with falls, uh, but we also have seen that in the maternity 
issues at the trust as well. And the independent inquiry uh, into those uh, concerns, uh, the interim report that we revealed in November, that also referenced a failure to learn that actually went back all the way to the 1970s. So there's a sort of cycle of, of failure here at this trust, which is, you know, if you're a patient going into this hospital, you can really have no confidence at the moment that you're not going to be one of the unlucky ones and fall foul of of these kinds of problems. And I, I think that is a huge challenge for the trust going forward. So obviously, over the past weeks and months, we've heard a lot about the pressure that the NHS is under because of coronavirus. Presumably, that is also going to be an issue for this hospital trust. How much of an impact is that going to have and how much more difficult is it going to make things for them and as they as they seek to improve i mean uh, as i've been writing about for the last uh, four or five months coronavirus has dominated uh, the nhs and there's no doubt about it trusts have been under huge pressure um they're coming out of the uh, the the darkness now but it's still um a really difficult time and the pressure on accident emergency departments backlogs in operations and things like that shrewsbury will not be uh, any different to anywhere else in that regard so it will have all of those pressures plus um the the added uh, threats uh, and and conditions that the cqc are demanding for patient care i suppose what the the point really that the cqc would probably say is that those pressures from the coronavirus pandemic make it all the more important that the trust is providing safe uh, care to patients because uh, cutting corners at a time when you're even under increased pressure is obviously not uh, going to end well for anybody. And that that's going to be uh, something that the trust is going to have in mind as it goes forward. But yeah, it's certainly not an easy time for any NHS hospital at the moment. And Shrewsbury's got to um, deal with that as well as these safety concerns. But um, I think history would show that if the trust doesn't take these concerns seriously and act on them, then uh, it's just doomed to repeat them. And coronavirus or not, it's got to sort these out regardless. We we touched on the um, the unnecessary deaths on the maternity um, units. Uh, you're obviously there's obviously wider concerns. Can the can the trust in these kinds of situations can hospitals face criminal um, investigation and prosecution? Uh, yes, absolutely. And um, the, it's a little known fact that the Care Quality Commission does actually have the power to prosecute trusts um, for breaches in safety and a whole range of other conditions that uh, the trust can, can be taken to court by the CQC and fined quite heavily. It's actually never done that yet for a trust. It has it has prosecuted NHS trusts undoubtedly in several cases, um, but it's never prosecuted a trust actually for breaching uh, the safety conditions specifically. Um, but the CQC can do that and certainly is investigating this trust. And the letter that we've reported on today does reference a, a breach of conditions that the CQC is investigating. But separately to the CQC, there is, of course, uh, in any case where there's deaths and potential neglect and malpractice misconduct the, the, certainly the police can get involved as well and we've reported in recent weeks that West Mercia police have launched a criminal inquiry into the maternity failings at Shrewsbury and Telford Hospital Trust and specifically which I thought was interesting when we wrote about this a few weeks ago the police said they were looking at not only the trust as a, as a sort of corporate body but also at individuals as to whether there was evidence of crimes being committed. And I think, I certainly don't know, but I would estimate that 
um, the focus of the police is likely to be on uh, that failure to learn again, where there were clear and known risks that were either ignored, covered up or not acted on, uh, which then went on to result in uh, a harm to a mother or a baby. And I think in those situations, the trust may be at risk of a prosecution because there was a clear risk that was not acted on. And we've seen in other industries you know that that we we may see for example a corporate manslaughter charge or certainly manslaughter gross negligence which you know is very rare in the nhs and i think it, it, it and that's a good thing um I, I don't think we can rule it out yet for shrewsbury and telford given the scale of the of the harm that's been caused which takes it back doesn't it to what you were saying about failures of, of leadership or management because that, that's it, it, it's not about kind of necessarily individual doctors and nurses not caring is worth kind of pointing that out it's kind of the the culture around them which doesn't allow them to kind of learn from from best practice or from things that have gone wrong yes i mean i think it's a it's a point i always like to make as a as a health correspondent regularly writing about nhs sort of scandals and problems very rarely do you find that these are due to uh, uncaring uh, criminal actions by the staff. The vast majority of NHS staff go to work to do a good job. Uh, they're often failed by a system that means they're working short-staffed or without the equipment or without the training or support or knowledge that they they need. So very often it's much wider issues. And I, I certainly wouldn't discount the fact that there may be some rogue clinicians at Shrewsbury as there are in any walk of life. But I think it's interesting that the police made the statements they did around looking at the organisational uh, interest as well because you know we, we have seen a problem at Shrewsbury of a, a culture of the board where which wasn't really interested in looking at safety and was actually dismissive of suggestions of complaints and, and I myself was dismissed by the previous but one chief executive who said that I was scaremongering when we wrote about dozens of cases in the maternity department and now the total runs to something like 1500 and I think if you look back over history this trust has regularly said we've changed we've improved this was a one-off and variations of of that defense and that just doesn't really wash when you look at the years of uh, sustained problems there and i think that's going to be a serious question to be asked uh, of previous leaders never mind those that are there now can you just put the failures um into some kind of context for us in the wider nhs and general standards of care we know that lots of people haven't been seeking treatment for non-coronavirus conditions over the over the past few months in general how concerned should people be about standards of care in the nhs i mean i, th- I think the 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 start point should be that the nhs gets it right far more times than it gets it wrong um it is recognized around the world as being a, a sort of gold standard uh health service obviously free at the point of need which many countries don't have and people uh, only have to look to America to see the consequences of of that. Um, but I, I think the NHS, like any big system, doesn't get it right all of the time. And when you're dealing with volumes of patients like the NHS, a small number, uh, a small percentage number, is actually means a very large number of patients. And uh, I think at the moment the um, the NHS is doing all it can. Uh, obviously, the coronavirus pandemic has made this uh, a lot harder, and we've got tens of thousands of patients whose operations have been cancelled and delayed, I think it's almost inevitable that some of those patients will suffer avoidable harm because of the delays to their surgery. Whether that 
ultimately affects their longer term outcomes we you know we just don't know yet um there has been cancellation of cancer patients and things like that and we all know the consequences of delayed cancer treatments um but in terms of sort of patient safety and the general um provision of care in the nhs i mean it's it's actually striking that the nhs actually doesn't have a great system of safety culture it's uh, very different to for example the airline industry uh, and other industries that have a real relentless focus on learning from systemic error the nhs is very bad at that actually and every year we have around 10,000 severe harm and death accidents and mistakes in the nhs uh, which is a huge number of people and roughly every week 190 people are killed as a result of an avoidable mistake in in the health system and uh, you know i just take you back to the statistic at the beginning that the nhs gets it right more often than it doesn't and people sometimes say to me well it's right 99 percent of the time well if that if i take that as a point the nhs sees around a million people every 17 hours so if you take uh just one percent of that as being those patients who it didn't go right for it's a huge number of people every single day um the nhs will never be perfect but i think what most people want to see is that it learns from its mistakes and i don't think we see evidence of that enough at the moment sean that's absolutely uh, fascinating thank you for being with us thank you for listening uh, if you've enjoyed it then please subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify acast or wherever you listen if you have suggestions for things you'd like us to discuss, do get in touch on email at behindtheheadlines at independent.co.uk. You can read more from Sean and all of our correspondence on our website, independent.co.uk, and in our downloadable daily edition app. If you want to support our journalism by contributing or subscribing, details are available on our website. Thank you so much again for listening, and please do join us again next time. <laughs>